Hello, everybody, and welcome back to EpiCentral. I'm your host, Maddie Lewis, infectious disease epidemiologist. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about companies that will hire you, specifically companies that are public service loan forgiveness eligible. And we're going to talk about PSLF and student loans. So listen up if you're graduating anytime soon, or if you just graduated. Hey guys, what the heck is up? I don't know if you've noticed, but my sound quality is a lot better because I just got a podcast mic, and I think this is my first episode on EpiCentral with the mic, I think. So yeah, uh, I'm doing really well. I'm going to do a very short like catch-up because I know people don't listen to this for me. They listen for the student and public health uh, career advice. Truly, I don't think anybody cares about me, but um, I've been doing really well. I feel like usually I come to this podcast and I'm like, I'm doing good, but I'm struggling with a bunch of stuff right now, namely my health, and I feel like I've been getting a lot of my health stuff down. I'm on like a good supplement routine. I'm figuring out a few food sensitivities and a few like, you know, weird things. Like I'm pretty sure I can't eat a lot of vegetables. I think I have to limit vegetables and limit beans and stuff where they irritate my stomach uh which sounds really opposite of conventional health advice and it is but for people with sensitive stomachs like ibs sometimes eating fiber is too irritating so you either can't consume it or you need to like drink your fiber like with a supplement uh which sounds really weird but that's just how it is for some people so yeah anyway so i'm finally getting that down I'm like getting my like uh, reproductive health stuff down and I've been sleeping better because I've been going to therapy and I'm doing CBT for insomnia and anxiety and it's extremely helping and I think getting off birth control is helping me not be as stressed Um, but that's just me. Uh, Do your own research, talk to your doctor yourself but I'm feeling really good and because I've gotten my gut health down a lot more, it's not perfect like I'm bloated right now. But this is the first time I've been bloated in like three weeks. So that's a major improvement. Um, But uh, what was I going to say? I don't know. I lost my train of thought. Let's just get into it. So let's talk about companies that will hire you. Uh, Specifically companies that are public service loan forgiveness or PSLF eligible. So these are all companies that are either government or nonprofit were like fall under that like public service domain but we're going to talk about pslf and a little bit i'm going to go over a little bit of basics but mainly stuff that you should know that's like not as conventional knowledge you know um like like things that you might not know just from reading like a quick excerpt about it and then we're also going to talk about just like student loan updates Uh, the whole situation, student loan payments, and things that are relevant to people going into public health. So let's get into it. Okay, so companies that will hire you. So for the federal government, the main ones that I can think of are CDC, FDA, the military, and NIH. I believe NIH is separate from those things. Uh, And if I'm not mistaken, NIH, or no, I think I'm, I'm thinking of HHS. Uh, Department of Health and Human Services, I think that's it, 
And there's like a bunch of kind of departments under them, like the Medicare and Medicaid people, I think, are under them. Um, so there's that as well. Although, is CDC under HHS? I feel like it is. I don't know. It's all kind of confusing to me, but those are the main federal government employers that you'll find for public health. I'm probably missing one or two, but those are the main ones that I can think of. On the state level, there's health departments, state level health departments. Uh, and then kind of with that, which sometimes these are all in the same and sometimes these are separate, there's state level environmental offices, behavioral health offices, etc. Um, again, sometimes these are all combined into one. Sometimes these are all separated into different kind of uh, like state government departments. For international and American nonprofits, there are so many, I'm not going to name them, but you can Google and find them. You can use ChatGBT. Did I make, I think I made an episode a, a month ago about using ChatGBT to like find companies and to find jobs and like whatever. It can't find you a job, but it'll help you search for companies that hire public health workers, which is very helpful. I'm also coming out with a super long list of job, of companies that will hire you but that is still in the works. I've been working on it for months, but it's gonna have hundreds of companies that hire. Uh, and it's not gonna, ex you know, nothing will expire unless the company closes, but nothing will expire because it's companies, not job postings, if that makes sense. But anyway, so there's nonprofits. Uh, so there's like MSF, which is like Doctors Without Borders. There's Red Cross, American Heart Association, American Cancer Society, etc. So many of those. There's so many American lung, like whatever. There's so many of those cancer ones, specific cancer ones, like all of those. Um, before I forget, because I forgot to add this to this list, there's also hospital systems. So there's like Advent Health. There's um, uh, MD Anderson. There's um, a bunch of hospitals that are named after and associated with universities like Baylor Hospital I think that's a hospital I don't know but there's a ton of those and those also hire public health professionals that are not uh healthcare workers like they can hire infection prevention preventionist or preventionalist I always forget I think it's preventionist and they will also hire researchers children's hospitals will also hire researchers and clinical research workers as well if they're conducting clinical research through their hospital as well as clinics and CROs but we're gonna get to CROs um, okay so also universities most universities are considered nonprofits there's small ones there's big ones but especially ones that are the big public health schools the bigger the better like Columbia and New York there's Stanford, there's Emory, UNC, Johns Hopkins, Harvard. So many of these like top schools, they hire a bunch of public health professionals and you should definitely look at their job postings because there's a ton. There's also local, regional, tribal health departments. Um, there are nonprofit research organizations and CROs. Um, so I kind of separated this from other nonprofits. So a nonprofit research org, this is kind of my own category like I don't know if like there's a better word for the this I guess like NGOs people kind of call them that but uh there's like Carter Center there's CDC Foundation like that's what I'm thinking of when I'm thinking of a nonprofit research work even though these organizations do more than just research 
namely CDC Foundation doesn't only do research, but like I'm still categorizing that way. Anyway, um, Public Health Institute. There's also your state level health institute. So I've seen several states, they will have like a Kansas Health Institute or a Texas Health Institute. So see if there is one for your state um, and they hire usually like public health data analysts, like that kind of thing. Okay, so moving on from companies that will hire you, that is a very non-exhaustive list. But again, use your resources to try to find companies, Indeed, Google, LinkedIn, ChatGBT, um, when I eventually come out with that very comprehensive long list of companies, I'll let you know. Moving on. So what is PSLF? So so it's Public Service Loan Forgiveness. So I'm going to call it PSLF from now on. Basically, the Department of Education will pay off whatever remaining student loans that you have after 10 years of full-time work in public service. So you do have to apply to this program it's not automatic, but they do accept anyone who's eligible. So it's not like competitive. You don't have to apply early or anything. It's not like trying to get into college, but you do have to do the paperwork. You do have to keep up with the paperwork because you do have to update it anytime that you move companies. You have to submit more paperwork. You can do things retroactively, but it's better to keep up with them so you don't forget. And, you know, if a company closes or something, then I don't even know how that works. So you should really keep up with it, but, you know. Anyway, so um, also it doesn't have to be consecutive years. So if you have a baby and you want to stop working or you start working part time for a bit, if you leave the workforce for any reason or if you want to work in the private sector for a little while, you can still get your loans forgiven. You can still do PSLF, but it only works for it only counts for the years in public service. And those have to add up to 10 years or 120 months of on-time payments. So it's not actually by year. Like if you work half a year, that still counts. Um, it's actually by month. It's 120 because you pay your student loans by month. So it's 120 on-time payments. And um, going back to the employer thing. So a qualifying employer is any government or nonprofit employer. That's pretty much it. Um, before I forget to mention, also, O-Rise fellowships do not count as a qualifying employer. I'm so sorry. So if you know what an O-Rise fellowship is, a lot of people do that after their MPH. Some You can even get them after your bachelor's, after your um, PhD. They're fellowship programs. They don't pay extremely well, but they pay okay. And it's an opportunity for you to work at CDC or FDA or like a really cool organization like that. Um, the downside is they don't pay very well and it doesn't count for PSLF. So anyway, basically, like I said, it takes some paperwork to do PSLF. You got to keep track of it. Um, I recently had a coworker who found out he completed his 10 years of service, in, like public service, over a year ago. <laughs> so he could have had his student loans forgiven literally over a year ago. Not the biggest deal for him because he had a low paying job and he has a bunch of kids um, so his payment was zero, so it didn't even matter. Like he wasn't paying anyway. However, it could have been like a weight off of his shoulders earlier. And when he found out that his loans for, for, were forgiven, he was like so excited. You guys, like he came to work, he was like, "You'll never guess what happened." Because we had this discussion at work like one week, 
and I was like, uh, you might want to like check and see if like everything is good. And like, you might want to like check on that if it's been a while. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I think I'll call him. And then he did. And he was like, oh my God. So, um, just letting you know. Um, also, so I'll say that in public health, it's so much easier to find a job that would count as public service. So in some places, it's actually harder to find a private sector job than a public sector one. I would say like in a lot of like smaller towns, like smaller cities, like in Kansas City, for example, Kansas City might not be the best example because you can go work at Cerner and like, uh, well, I guess Cerner is now Oracle. But anyway, um, besides like that company, like most public health workers are going to be at like the health department or like a hospital. So or like a university. (laughs) So it might actually be really easy for you to find a public service job compared to a private sector job. But if you're in a bigger city like DC, New York, Atlanta, like a big public health city, then it might be kind of 50 50. You might have a lot of opportunities either way. But, um, Yeah, I mean, I think PSLF is a great opportunity for people, especially if you have a lot of loans. Like, if you have a small loan amount, then I don't think it's really, like, as... I don't know, make your own assessment. Do your own assessment on it because it totally depends. But I think it's great for people, especially if you have a lot of loans, which if you went to grad school, that's probably you, okay? Um, Also, you can't pay them off early. It's... 120 monthly payments you can pay the payment early but you have to wait 120 months for it to be over so for example if i'm really ahead of my payments let's say i'm like six months ahead of my payments at nine and a half years i've made 120 payments already so my psl pslf should be over but it doesn't count until you reach that 10-year mark of like actual chronological time Um, Even if you made those 120 monthly payments, like, because you can make monthly payments ahead of time, but all it does is, like, get it out of the way for you, but, yeah, but that might not always be the best idea, just because, like, sometimes it does take them a couple months to, um, like, process everything. I've heard, I'm pretty sure it's gotten better, but in the past, it does take sometimes a couple months for them to get it all together and, like, to be like, okay, your thing is now zero, right? And uh, I don't know, in case you don't want to be docked for like missing a payment or whatever, I don't know. I just say give the government as little money as possible with PSLF. That's the goal here. Really, like, again, pay the government as little money as possible with PSLF because you're going to get your loans forgiven at the 10-year mark anyway, so you want to make your payment as low as possible. That's my goal, at least. If you have a different situation... sorry my like voice is cracking you might have a different situation for a different reason do your thing but for me that's what I'll be doing um okay last thing about PSLF is about what payment plan you have to get on so if it's it's any income driven repayment plan these are called IDR plans so I'm going to call them IDR from now on income driven repayment it's there's a couple different variations of them of income driven repayment plans But like I said, it makes the most sense if you're confident that you're going to do PSLF and you're going to see it through for 10 years. In my opinion, it makes the most sense to do the lowest possible monthly payment on IDR. And right now, that payment plan is called repay. 
However, there is good news about this payment plan and that is the perfect transition to talk about the student loan updates because, you know, that all kind of ties in. So last section of the podcast, student loan updates. So these are the ones that are relevant to young people, the people graduating, the people who just graduated in the past two years. There's a lot of updates for student loans, uh, for people who have student loans that, I mean, maybe they graduated in like 2012 or like before. Um, So I'm not going to get into those updates. You know, there's different forgiveness uh, things that I've gone through for people who've been making payments for a really long time. But for us young people or like, you know, newly graduated people, um, here's the updates. So good news first. The repay plan, the IDR plan that I just mentioned, which is like the lowest IDR plan, currently it's been updated by the Biden administration and it's now called the SAVE plan. And according to several news outlets, this is actually the most affordable IDR plan that has ever been created. So basically, if you're under, if you make under $33,000-ish, then your payment is going to be zero. If you make $67,000-ish, and you have uh, four family members or more or something like that, then your payment is also going to be zero. Now, this probably isn't relevant to most of you listening to this, but here's the thing. They do say that everybody else will save at least $1,000 a year on this plan. So if that's true and accurate, then this should be cutting my student loan payment in half. Because my student loan payment right now is only $100, it's about $140 a month, which I've not paid a dime of because I've been on COVID forbearance. This is kind of a side tangent. I'm on COVID forbearance like everybody else is until August or yeah, I think August. Um, And so for the past two years, my payment has been zero. And even though my payment has been zero, it still counts under PSLF. Um, So basically, I'm only going to have eight years of paying the government any sort of money and two of the years will be zero dollar payments but they still count as payments so i'm only gonna have to pay eight of the ten years for pslf which is freaking awesome but anyway oh also this is kind of a side tangent again and kind of a side tip but i think it's important to mention the reason why my my loan amount is so low like you guys know i've talked about this many times i make seventy thousand dollars a year currently which is like pretty decent i'm not mad about my salary but my payment is only 139 or something dollars a month, which is kind of low. And I can't say 100% sure why, but I'm 99% sure that it's because when I submitted my like student loan, you know, info application, like, or sorry, repayment info, like when I was graduating, I didn't have a job yet. Or not, but it was actually before I graduated. I was getting all my student loan stuff together and I like applied for a repayment plan and stuff before I even had a job. And when I did that, my income was super low because I was working part time at like the health department making like $14 an hour or something, maybe like $18 an hour. Um, But yeah, so with that, I think they either use that income or at best they use the income that. I had when I first graduated, which was $55,000 a year, 
also not a horrible income. I mean, nowadays it's like not that great. Um, but two years ago it was, I, I mean, I don't know. We were in a recession, so things were a bit more affordable. Now things are like a bit crazier. I mean, we're still kind of in a recession, but like a different type of one. Um, anyway, so if you are able to apply for your student loan, like, uh, payment plan and like get signed up for all of that stuff before you get a job and you can use your income as a student, like do that because then your payment plan will be lower. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. So I think you guys should do that. You're still being honest. You're just doing it early. And if you do it early, then you know, they don't know what your new income is going to be. Because here's the thing, you guys, if you only have to renew that income information every one or like one and a half or so years, like it's not or maybe like two years, it's like not super often that they like ask it. It's not every month or anything where they're like, what's your income? Has it changed? You know, hopefully they'll never stop, never start doing that because that's BS. But um, so if you if your income increases, if you get a new job, like whatever, then they're not going to know that until you update it, which don't update it until you have to if your income has gone up. So yeah. Okay, I need water. Hold on. Okay. Anyway, going back to the whole like uh, student loan updates. So there are a few other details about the save plan that I didn't get into, but the best way to read about this is through the direct source, which is studentaid.gov. So, you know, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. So in other good news, PSLF is actually easier to get on. It is way more organized than it used to be. So I won't get into the details because I don't even know all of them, but I do remember uh, before last, uh, before like last year, a year or two ago, people used to have so many issues against PSLF to the point where some people are like, I don't recommend you even try to get on it. Like some people were fully like, don't get on it. It's like not worth it because you think you're on it and then you're not and then you waste all this time and like you could have been paying off your student loan but you were barely paying any money and like whatever. But that's pretty much over now. Like there's been like a pretty big like um like fixing up renovation, I guess. There's been like a pretty big renovation um of the PSLF program through the Biden administration. Um, I swear I'm not like a Biden like obsessed person. <laughs> this is just what's actually going on. And I'm actually very happy with the Biden administration's reform of the education system, or I should say the student loan system. They've done a lot of work in that specific area. But anyway, so yeah, so if you're interested in it, I would absolutely recommend it as somebody who's on the program. Um, are things like super quick and like whatever? No, it's the government. Like you submit paperwork, they're not going to get back to you for three months, like genuinely. But uh, they're doing a lot better job and they're not letting as nearly as many people, if anybody, fall through the cracks like a ton of people used to. Okay, last thing is that the Biden administration is also still pursuing student loan forgiveness, but they're doing it in a different way. So I don't really understand all the legal stuff and I don't think it really matters. Don't come to me for news information anyway. But basically, uh, the Biden administration tried to pass a student loan forgiveness plan a certain way, like outside of Congress, and it was deemed unconstitutional by the Supreme Court in at the end of June. So now I guess the administration is trying to pass pretty much the same law, 
but with an actual bill. I believe it's an actual bill this time. So I think they're going to try to go through Congress to try to get this thing passed to implement student loan forgiveness. And it's not full forgiveness. It's like ten or $20,000, um, depending on the person. And it's only for federal loans and like a few other stipulations. But yeah, I'm sure everybody here knows that. So the other news that you might find important is... Uh, so Biden obviously didn't pass student loan forgiveness, and I wouldn't bank on that happening super soon, but it might happen in the future. Um, student loan pause ends at the end of August, and the interest starts accruing in September, and then billing, I believe, starts in October. I believe it's like early or end of October or something. I think it's early October. So that's when you're going to start getting billed and when you have to start paying for your student loan. However, if you are newly graduated, you should get a six-month grace period after graduating. So if this is you, uh, you can log into your loan servicer website and check when your payments start. If you're confused, call your loan servicer. If you don't know your loan, who your loan servicer is or what that is, please Google it because, again, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not any of those things. I'm just letting you guys know. So please Google that, find that out, figure out, you know, Google, what is my loan servicer? What is a loan servicer? Like, whatever. I'm not going to get into it. I don't know how to explain it. I'm not an expert. So that's all I had that I wanted to talk about. I'm very impressed that I could get this podcast under 30 minutes. And I hope that was super helpful to y'all. Again, I see all of your emails and your DMs and your YouTube comments like I get messages every single day of people being like thank you so much you've helped me so much like whatever whatever I also get a lot of questions I have not been answering these emails or DMs or anything like I very rarely reply to someone so I am so sorry I do see them I'm just honestly a piece of crap and I just don't have the time to carve out at this point to be answering a bunch of DMs like I do this as a hobby and to help people And I do like helping individuals, but it's just a lot to, like, be constantly replying to people all the time. Um, Now, could I cover up the time? Yeah, but I don't get paid for it. So usually when I'm on social media, it's for my own enjoyment and not to be, like, you know, posting and whatever. But anyway, I hope you guys have a great week, um, and I'll see you later. Bye! (laughs)